up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Bleacher Banter Pod, presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. It's your host, Tommy Buns, here with Sully and Jones on a beautiful Wednesday afternoon, moments after the biggest news in the NBA in a very long time breaks. We have one of the craziest trades I remember in a really, really long time. Uh, This is coming from Shams on Twitter. So this is the full current trade for one James put on a few pounds in the offseason Harden. The Rockets are getting Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Rodion's Karoos. I don't know if I said that right. Karooks. Karoos. Yeah. Thank you, Sully. Three Brooklyn first round picks from 2022, 2024, and 2026. One Milwaukee first, the 22nd, uh, the 2022 pick unprotected, and then four Brooklyn first-round swaps in 21, 23, 25, and 27. The Nets are getting just James Harden. The Pacers, Karis LeVert in a second-rounder, and the Cavs are getting Jared Allen and Toreen Prince. Wow. (laughs) That is, I mean, you think Brooklyn would learn after they made a trade with the Celtics of a similar nature? Uh, to not do shit like this by ruining their future for now. That probably won't work. Uh, But they did it again, and they did it worse than they did last time. They gave up um, seven of their – I mean, they're swapping picks on four of them, but they gave up their position on four picks and gave up three first-round picks. They don't have their own first-round pick until 2028 at this point. Yikes. (laughs) <laughs> for James Harden, who literally looks like he ate James Harden from last year. And I mean, what's James? James Harden's 31 <laughs> yeah. right now. What? You've got four, four. More. Smells a lot like Paul Pierce and KG. Literally. It's yeah. but it's and worse. they got both of them. This was this them. was just I mean, it's it clearly a panic move. I mean, there's rumblings of I mean, we, we haven't even gotten to the Kyrie situation of of him saying he's not going to play after he didn't even say because of the events that happened last week um, in the real world. He didn't even cite that. He said he just, you know, not playing right now, doesn't really comment on it. And then we see, obviously, the videos of him without a mask at his sister's 30th birthday party. Doesn't sound bad. It's at a huge club packed full of people. Like, come yeah, on. I mean, dude. like, there's at no least one's more tone deaf than Kyrie. No one. Uh, I mean, you could have your criticisms of LeBron. And he's in a, like Kyrie's on another planet and his planet is not a, it's not round. It's flat. Everyone, everyone, um, there should be no rules or structure, whatever you want to do, you do. And he is just, he's literally on another flat planet right now. And they might think he might retire. I know a few of us think <laughs> almost imminent that he may retire or may do something radical. Who knows if this is to try and appease Kyrie Kyrie's now third fiddle, though. I mean, he's definitely not. Oh, easily. I mean, I mean, you could, you know, you can make. I mean, Harden overall is definitely a more elite scorer, more ball dominant player. He's such a ball dominant player. I mean, and and Durant can play off ball, but now, like, Durant's not third fiddle. It's going to be Kyrie. So, like, Durant, to me, Durant's about still this. number one. Durant's what? still number one. Of course, I think Durant's still number one. But I'm saying Harden. Harden needs the ball. He's ball dominant. So, you, like, he's going to be the two. And then, where does that leave Kyrie? Yeah, three. I mean, obviously, three, Kyrie but, is but the third. The two is is a one in ball dominance, and then and then some. So, it's I don't know how it's going to work out. Get rid of Levert. They get rid of Allen. There's always going to be something for Kyrie to complain about, and there is in the situation. Is my point. And there's rumors it's that it's never it's never his fault. It's never, always no, the media. It's never his fault. It's the fans, it's always the coaches, the, the fans. Yeah, it's never Kyrie. No, and 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 the other thing is, you know, there where there's reports surfacing of that he wasn't he didn't like the Steve Nash coaching. Whoa, what a shocker! He wasn't wasn't satisfied with Steve Nash being the coach. I mean, I'm sure there's a few reasons for that. Some that we probably shouldn't talk about on air, but. Um, we should have sniffed that out when he said immediately after the hire, like, doesn't matter who's the coach. Like, I'm a coach. Kevin Durant's a coach. Like, no, you're not. But we should have sniffed out immediately that that was Kyrie code for I didn't like this hire or I didn't like how it was done. 
Um, oh yeah, I mean, like, but I think this further, I think this trade and the the way the, the with the the speed it went down and how much they gave up, I think this validates those earlier reports this morning that Durant and Kyrie's relationship has been very distant. I believe was the quote, um, yeah, and that and that he wasn't happy with the with the trade. I mean, with the signing of Nash. Um, I think that validates. I think Brooklyn made a, a calculated move to protect themselves. One, if Kyrie went da- retired or is just, you know, decides he's going to, you know, play 12 games this year because Thanksgiving exists. Um, or it, it, and they said that Durant, they made a calculated decision that Durant's their guy. And they need to do what they can to keep him happy because Durant is only guaranteed to be in Brooklyn for another 18 months. Beyond that, Kevin Durant's a free agent and he can go get a max contract somewhere else because he's going to be 33 when he's hits free agency next. If he opts out of his last year with the Nets and that's you can give Durant a four year deal, max contract 33 to 37. That's going to be the contract. Yeah, you can. Of course, exactly. Look, look at the level. I know, Dave. You were a little. Uh, you weren't so as confident as me that he'd come back to his pre-Durant form. He looks as good as ever. Thirty-four. What is it? Thirty-four, nine and four, or something like that. Yeah. Or is it thirty? I mean, he is. He's playing. He's playing top two, top one in the world level. I mean, he just. He's got no help. And now, my my thought process now after we digest this and we pull it back is the personalities. Oh my god. Yeah, Durant has obviously had this. Durant is the most mature guy in the room right now of the three. I mean, Durant, not that Durant's immature. Durant has his faults. You know, Durant has his faults, but overall, overall, you can count on Durant for the most part, other than the burner counts and stuff, for the most part. Then Kyrie, we already see what's going on with Kyrie. He's he's a disaster. He'll just won't play because he feels like a we. You never know what to expect from him. And Durant, and then with Harden. I mean, Harden is 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 almost like he's turning into a Kyrie. Just he complains about everything. He makes things vocal. He, you know, it's not kept in house. You know, he pretty much bailed on them last night. So the timing isn't by coincidence. And then John Wall today was like, "Well, I I came here to play with Boogie Cousins. I didn't come here to play with James Harden." <laughs> John Wall literally said, "You, bro, it's nine games in the season. You already gave up." Like it's all so public and it's yeah, all so wild. public and that's with James Harden. I, I mean, I, I just, how are these three personalities going to mesh? And the simple answer is they're not. Yeah. That they're was not wild. Even, even if the night. basketball works, let's say the basketball works, the personalities will not work. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's having it's Harden and then even someone like a, a Deandre Jordan as your fourth best player. Like he, it's not like he's like the most even keeled guy either. You know, he's had his his moments of, all right, what's going on here? Like, you know, with the whole Maverick situation and going. He's also not even a good fourth best player. He's more of like a sixth best player on your team. Yeah. Yeah. And then you I mean, last night we have um, James Harden going that he doesn't think uh, saying that he doesn't think the situation can ever be fixed. And then what? 16 hours later, he's. He's traded, so it's like there was obviously no coming back from this for them. But then you have John Wall, like you said, I mean, going out immediately after and being like, we've only played nine games. And then um, Boogie today said that the the disrespect started way before any interview. And he said the other 14 guys of the locker room have done nothing to him. We've only showed up to work like everybody else. It's completely unfair to the rest of the guys in the locker room. So, I mean, Harden was clearly the problem there, and the rest of those guys do want to play together. So I, I think this helps the Rockets. I mean, they get oh, oh yeah, they, get I mean, they just got a boatload. Yeah, they get all these picks. That's what they needed to, in order to get rid of him was a bunch of picks for the future. I mean, now they have eight first-round picks going forward, and then in the other years they're swapping with Brooklyn. So, I mean, if this fails in Brooklyn – if this doesn't work out and then Kevin Durant leaves after um, when his option comes up, those picks are looking great. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. like whatever they have right now in Houston, like it's 
probably not going to work. I mean, they'll they'll give it the gold college try, I'm sure. But like these new these players, whether it's a John Wall in the future, whether it's they have Oladipo now, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oladipo, yeah. right? Oladipo is a very tradable asset. Like they can accumulate more picks. They now have an avenue where a really they have a really bright future with these picks. Now you have these picks, Oladipo and Wall, and you can surely get a, bu- a bunch more young assets and picks for those guys. So you have a rebuild now. You didn't even have a rebuild uh, like a couple days ago. No, now they have it. And I mean, in all fairness, I think we're kind of also skating over the fact that who knows what's going to happen with this season. I mean, we've had more game postponements and cancellations this week than um, any other sport has had combined. This is just like this. This is getting kind of out of hand. The protocols are just clearly not there for uh yeah, you know keeping the testing keeping the test negative um i mean we talked about Kyrie going to a birthday party without a mask on we talked like these guys George with, Hill. without the bubble without the bubble i just i don't see them getting through this season i think they just did not it's have tough. a plan in There's... place it worked in the bubble because they couldn't leave if they left they were out that was it you couldn't yeah. leave there and the some... nfl plays one one game a week like Right. You know, they, it, much less it's, travel. It's You're traveling hard. eight times a year in the NFL. You're traveling three times a week in the NBA. Like it's, yeah, it's not, it's not going to work if they don't do something. And obviously a bubble isn't feasible for an entire season. You're not going to get the players to agree to that. But at a certain point you need to figure out, is it worth it to do this? Or is it just going to cause problems? Cause right now it looks like it's just going to cause problems and we're going to see all these games postponed. It's going to create more of a headache than it is going to help them. Obviously, there's a lot of money involved and a lot of money at stake here. But, I mean, you're really – you're kind of like sullying yourself at this – no offense, Sully. Um, hey. Yeah. <laughs> you're kind of sullying your reputation at this point when all these other sports leagues have been able to do this pretty effectively. And then you're three weeks in and you're failing miserably at it. I mean, baseball did what they're trying to do effectively. Exactly, and that's what I mean. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I didn't think baseball was going to work. I didn't think college football was going to work. I had my questions about NFL. Maybe this is a kink on the road, kink along the along the road. I don't know. I hope they figure it out. Silver's a smart guy. Maybe he can. I, I'm done doubting if these leaves can do it because they keep proving me wrong. I mean, also, obviously, the cases and you know what's going on nationally, it's obviously way worse than it was at those times in regards to the virus. It's you know, it's a real, you know, the cases are way higher than they've ever been nationally. So that's, that's, you know, a different, it's a different animal now compared to when the summer and stuff. So yeah, I, I think that's like, uh, that's like such a misconception around all this, you know, the pandemic was just so new and we had never seen anything like it at that point in, you know, March, April, May, but now it's, it's, it's not even close. The numbers are way worse now. Yeah. yeah, I remember when the numbers were bad in New York, at least in March. Nationally, it was like tw- like twenty five to thirty. I mean, there's been days where there's three hundred thousand cases nationally. It, usually two hundred to two hundred seventy five a day, thousand. I mean, it's not to fear monger or scare anyone, but it's just the reality of 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 what's going on a daily basis. And it's not in one demographic of the country; it's all over the country. So that's where it's like you can't really just put it somewhere unless if you're going to do a bubble yeah and you know maybe they get to a point where they shorten the season and they do some of what they did last year and and they'll do a bubble with a limited amount of teams and shorten the season and then do that again i know it's going to cost a ton of money they who knows if they can afford that but and they've already got that that like play-in tournament thing scheduled for this year for like the last three spots of the playoffs yeah and you can't Thing is, you, you I don't I don't know what they have for the playoffs. I don't know if they have a bubble, planning on a bubble. I don't know, but they're going to need a bubble because you can't have your best players missing. You can't. Oh, LeBron can't play for fourteen days. You, know, you can't do that. Yeah, that's two series essentially. Yeah, potentially. It um, would it would it would illegitimize whatever that was. Like last year, the players weren't missing. No player missed because of the virus in the bubble world. Yeah. You had the best players every day 
every single day, well, other than injury, but there was nothing due to pandemic of missing. So it's a you day, can't yeah. have, you know, I mean, like the Heat had eight, eight players yesterday and they almost beat Philly. I was thrilled. I'm like, Hero's fucking putting up buckets, <laughs> Duncan Robinson. Like we have eight players. What do you want from us? Philly, even when they only had seven or eight players played really well, they kept the game close. They covered the spread. I know. So, which is really the most important thing. I mean, I don't give a shit if you win. As long as you cover yeah. the spreads. <laughs> <laughs> just, just got to cover the number. No, it's crazy though. I mean, this is, this has got to be the biggest trade we've seen. And when's the last time a trade this big went down? Was it the Celtics and the Nets? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, even the other big deal, like, the mellow to the Knicks wasn't, like, it wasn't half this. No, you know, no, like, not I'm even trying close. to think, I'm trying to think of, like, when was the last time, like, a true in their prime superstar was, like, actually, and, you know, hard. George isn't quite this level. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't uh, this close. It's close. It's I just mean, not as many teams. and Yeah, not yeah. as many teams and not as many. But even George, even if you want to say, like, sure, they, at the time Paul George got traded, he was a top 10 player in the league. Yeah, probably, probably that eight to 10 range, but he was a top 10 player. Right. Um, but he, I mean, that, what, what did they, they got Victor Oladipo and, and Sabonis. They got two really good, solid players. No, I know, but I, that's why I think it was, but that's not even there. I think it's nearly comparable because you have a lot of talent there. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but I just think the the picks is what really makes it great. And that pick in like, you know, you say, if you don't, if the nets don't win, the Nets need to win at least one title to make this deal worth it. At least yeah. probably two or cause once Durant or once any of these three guys leaves, you, you're no longer really like in talk for a true title contention, unless you really beef up the rest of your team, like your depth. And you really can't do that without draft picks. You know, maybe you have the money to sign one guy, but it's not going to be a max guy. It's not going to be a star guy. You can sign one of those really good bench pieces for 10 to 15 million a year. And, you know, it's not going to be some star coming into Brooklyn um, and have the depth at least, you know. So uh, it, this is this has potential disaster written all over it. Um, and, you know, it, listen, it, in in. Four to four to six years, somewhere in that range, this is going to come back to bite them. It's oh, just yeah. a matter of, it's just a matter of if they're able to get a championship before then. If they get a championship, then it's like, okay, this sucks. We're going to be bad for the next five to seven years, but at least we got a title. If they if they don't get a championship, this could go down as one of the worst trades, if not the worst trade in NBA history. Oh yeah, and really, when you say when one of those guys leaves, when Durant leaves, yeah, yeah, essentially, because once and he leaves, Harden and Kyrie, Kyrie will probably be retired at that point. Oh, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, if one, yeah, if Durant leaves, Kyrie, I mean, you can pretty much book it; he'll retire. Maybe stays one more year, and then Harden's um, going to complain his life is so terrible and yeah. Hard. And Har- well, Harden's got what two years left, so one more year than Durant. He's the same as Hart, uh, Kyrie. Because Kyrie, I think, has signed a full four year. Durant signed yeah. a three and one. Right. Correct. Yeah. Um, it's so a disaster. That, it really is a potential disaster waiting to happen. The only it's going to be bad no matter what guaranteed in the next four to five years. It's just a matter of how much they can mitigate before then to make it worth it. I've never been a fan of this um thought this Nets pairing and potential trio would do well. And I mean, we've already seen it unfold 10 games in not even, um, I don't see the Nets making a conference final even this year. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think, I think you're going to see this. I think you're going to see any combination of the Celtics, the heat, possibly the Sixers. I'm not, I don't think the Sixers, but probably the, I think if I had to put my money, I'd probably say the heat and the Celtics and possibly the box. One of those, two of those three. I was just going to say, I'm not taking the nets in a seven game series against the bucks right now. No, that, that might change in, in, you know, when we see them play, but depth is a major problem for this team. The fit basketball wise could potentially be a major problem. 
And we don't know if Kyrie's ever going to step on a basketball court again. Like legitimate, that's a legitimate concern at this point. He could very well come out and be next week and be like, oh, you know, this happened to some legitimate or somewhat legitimate family excuse or whatever. I mean, it seems unlikely now, but, you know, let's just say that. And it's there's just so much more that could go wrong than right. Yeah. I'm glad I, I even realized I'm so glad I knew Miami was probably out on Harden, but now we're officially it's over. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to worry about it anymore. I, I mean, I knew we were out for like the last month or so on it, but Harden just never would have fit in Miami. I mean, it's just nothing about James Harden fits in Miami. No, not at all. He just, yeah, it, it would not work out. Plus there's too many strip clubs. Um, but Let's move on. That was crazy. Obviously, that broke right before we started recording, literally like 15 minutes ago. Um, But we uh, have some more stuff to talk about. We've got NFL coaching carousel going on right now. Uh, Eagles looking for a head coach. Jets looking for a head coach. Jags looking for a head coach. Um, Seahawks um, let go of their offensive coordinator. We've got big names moving around everywhere. Um... Lions, Falcons, Texans all need a permanent head coach. Uh, talks of Urban Meyer coming to the NFL. Looks like he might go to the Jags. What do you guys think of this? I mean, Sully, who are you hoping for to end up with the Jets? There's a lot of good candidates. Um, I know Eric Bieniemy has been a name for a while. Um, you know, questions about him regarding his lack of play calling experience with Andy Reid being the guy there. Um, you have Robert Sala. Um, I would be uh, thrilled with him. Energetic, young, passionate, great defensive coordinator. They had a top five defense without uh, Bosa for 14 weeks. Um, you know, I'd be thrilled with him. And then, you know, probably Michael Floor, one of the other offensive assistants um, in San Fran, joins him. And then if we're going offense, I, I probably want um, Brian, Brian, Brian Dabble. Um, he's done a fantastic job with the development of Josh Allen over this year. Uh, if we hire him, I'm good with keeping Sam, developing Sam, going with fields. I'm open to Zach Wilson. I'm open to a lot of things right now, whether it's drafting, you know, a left tackle staying that tackle Sewell and, and going with Sam. Um, it just, it, the coach is the number one thing right now. I think we have the GM. I do. What's well, one thing that you're not open to? Uh, coaching wise. Yeah. Coaching wise, draft pick wise, uh, just general direction. I, I I mean, I agree with you. I think there are multiple avenues that are acceptable for the jets moving Uh, forward. Oh, this is an easy, easy one. Doug Peterson. That's what I'm not open to. Okay. Doug Peterson obviously fired from the Eagles. I'm a huge Peterson hater. I really thought he was a great coach after the Super Bowl. Just watching him coach, it's like a four. It's like a it's like a twelve year old playing Madden. Goes for it on fourth down in his own thirty. Goes for two every time. Doesn't kick field goals. Like fourth and goal at the seven. Oh, let's not kick the field goal. Let's go for it with a terrible offensive line and a struggling quarterback. This isn't the Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs going for it on fourth down, and they don't even do that. I think he's truly. I think he's tone deaf. Um, I think he doesn't like taking orders, um, and you need to do that from your bosses, like any sport. Um, He's the one guy. There's non-sexy picks that I would not want, whether it's uh, Marvin Lewis or, you know, some some coaches that Arthur Smith, I'd be open to the coordinator, um, non-sexy picks. Um, Fitzgerald, um, the college coach, I don't think he's interviewing with anyone. I'd like him. Um, you the know, Iowa guys State the, guy? What? I, the Iowa State guy? Yeah. Yeah, he took, um, he took his name out. He announced he's coming back to Ohio, uh, Iowa yeah, State. Yeah, yeah. So he's out. Um, then there's um, who are the who are the other couple guys? It's it's uh, Arthur Smith is one, and then the Eiffel. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. They also interviewed Bienemy. They interviewed Bienemy. Bienemy, I don't think is going to be the guy though. Um, I I don't think he wants to be the Jets guy. He. He seems to be holding back and might not take a job because he wants like I, I some know. perfect it's, it's situation. Weird. It's weird because I feel like he's very talented. I feel like, you know, everyone says really good things to say about him. Um, 
I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure he gets a job either. Um, but, um, who's the, who's the other name that I'm trying to think of? It's like, uh, something hard to pronounce. Eiffel something. You got the name? I don't. Well, I see here, Matt Miller, um, at NFL draft scout on Twitter, uh, tweeted three hours ago that he's been texting with an NFL source this morning who thinks there's a very strong chance Eric Bieniemy isn't hired for a head coach opportunity this cycle. Cites concerns about Reed's coaching tree and timing with Chiefs expected to make another Super Bowl run. So there you go. I mean, that's a that answers our our questions there. I don't don't really know what he's waiting for. Do you think um, so? What Dan the the Cowboys hired Dan Quinn as their defensive coordinator the other day? I thought yes. that was a good hire. That is yes, a good hire. I think did. that'll that'll work well there. I mean, obviously, not a very strong offensive minded head coach <laughs> from what we've seen the Falcons collapse and do under his uh, under his guidance. But uh, for a DC for the Cowboys, I think I, I like that. Do you think any of the coaches that were fired this year uh, find a job anywhere else as a coordinator or as Peterson a probably coach? could get his pickings? I mean, people seem to be really high on Peterson, and obviously, um, you know, the Jets. Douglas had his relationship with him from when he was, you know, with the Eagle. Obviously, he's been with the Eagles and the and the Ravens in the past, so he's got a relationship with them. That's the connection, the Jets connection. But um, I uh, don't. I think he could. He could end up a few places. I think he could end up nearly anywhere he wanted to. I think Urban Meyer will go to the Jags. Um, says here, Rich Smith just just tweeted out Arthur Smith is very high up on the Jets list. OC Arthur Smith for the Titans. I'm very. I'm open to him. I've heard nothing but good things, but him uh, about him. And then I, my top two is definitely Salah and, and, and uh, Brian Dabble, though. Um, those two guys, one offensive, one defensive. I'm not, no, but I'm not, I'm not um, stuck on one. It doesn't need to be an offensive guy. We just need to bring in a good offensive coordinator along with Salah if we get Salah. Um, oh, Eve, this is the, the second interviews that we're going to have are going to be with Smith, Smith. Uh, Eberflus, Eberflus, uh, that's the D coordinator for the, is it the Colts, I believe, then Marvin Lewis, and then Joe Brady, um, and, and and Joe Brady, obviously, two years ago with the LSU, uh, offensive coordinator, and then he went to the Panthers this year, um, he, he's not the guy for me, you know, I think he still has a little ways to go, not the guy for me. Marvin Lewis. Yeah, he's one of those guys that's like, it's too quick of a rise. It's like a, it's you know? like a. Cliff Kingsbury, like, yeah, too quick. Like, I don't think high very highly of Cliff. Cliff's and he's and he's years. way faster than Cliff. Uh, Cliff, I mean, th- Cliff was like a head coach in college for I know a he number just never of years. Did well, though, Cliff Cliff uh, had two winning seasons in eight years so far in co- his coaching career. Are you surprised that a guy like Lincoln Riley isn't um, being gaining interest for a job like this? I mean, he's got well. The Eagles reached out to him. Right, but I, I think I he mean, is. I think he's just too smart. I think he's I, like, I, I, I mean, like not I, I that there's want, not interest, but not that Lincoln he's though. not pursuing it. Like not that 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 was the how I should have asked that was that he's not pursuing. I'm not in. I'm not in on Lincoln Riley. Not saying he's going to be good or bad. I just I don't know. He's too much of an unknown. I want a proven guy in the NFL. That's what I want. I want a proven NFL coach. And if not, if it's not a Fitzgerald, a really really good. Really good college. Not that I guess. Obviously, Lincoln Riley is a good college coach, but he's already had so much talent offensively. Um, you know, he's not. It's not like the you know the Northwestern or or Iowa State coach where they've built a program up from nothing to a top fifteen team or so. Marvin Lewis isn't a bad coach as well. If 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 we get him with the right defensive coordinator, I don't love it, but Marvin Lewis I think is a good coach. Um, he's not a sexy pick. I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he's had a really bad reputation, but he, he got into the playoffs nearly every year. He just couldn't win. That's not all on him. It's on Andy. He had Andy Dalton. He had a good team, but, um, wouldn't be the worst choice, but not my first either. 
Would you take a guy like um, as a coordinator? Would you take on, or do you think he'll get a job anywhere? Um, Patricia as the defensive coordinator anywhere? Yeah. No, I'm, you don't I'm, think I'm even as a, as a DC he could get a, a job somewhere? Have you seen the Lions? Oh, no, I think he yeah. could get a job. I just don't want him in the Jets. Yeah, yeah. I think he could get a job too, but I don't want him on my team. Right? You think? I mean, he, so you, you saw think... the Pats defense with and without him. You saw the Lions defense the past couple of years. I mean, woo. Yeah. yeah so tough, you think the Pats defense was more of a? You know who's gonna get a good? Bill. You know who's gonna get a job too? Gase will get a job like. I'm hearing rumblings with Alabama, possibly. I was going to say, yeah. Alabama needs an OC. That'd he's a Nick Saban-type guy. He, he's worked with them in the past. He's I forgot he was he, – and I forgot he, – and he's like a do-your-job type of guy. Says the right things, doesn't give anything. Do your job. He just hasn't been particularly good at it in the NFL. <laughs> um, that He has had winning seasons as a head coach, but – I think um, Gates will definitely get a job somewhere as an OC. I've heard I've heard um, rumors about the Patriots as well. If if um, McDaniel's goes somewhere, now I don't about think Gates going to the Patriots. Yeah, as their OC, I heard that more a few days ago. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think McDaniel's would go anywhere unless it was a head. I haven't heard any rumors right. with, with him him going. Anywhere. Right, it would just be for a head coaching job, and I don't even know if he would take a head coaching job at this. point. I haven't heard his name, uh, honestly. I haven't heard it, and I think he's just waiting for Bill. Yes, I was gonna say. I think at this he's point, this I don't think he's gonna go anywhere, well. and he's the last one left. It was him and Patricia, and they had both been there at the same amount of time, had both been such big parts of the franchise. So it was like, okay, it seemed for a long time, whichever one of them is left is going to be the one that um, takes over after Bill. And Patricia isn't good at his job. At least no. McDaniels is good. Right, job. exactly. Now McDaniels, I mean, he wasn't a great head coach in Denver, but um, he's had a lot of time to learn from that. He's had more time working under Bill. He's a great offensive coordinator. Uh, I think, uh, I think yeah, at this point, he just sticks it out and – Wait, wait, yeah. because Bill, Bill's got what? Maybe at most, at most two. No, three. I was going to say at most like five or six. I think he's he's still I, I mean, feel like he's kind of spent. I don't know. I feel like he's kind of spent. You think I see I see it as he's still I, he just like has not changed at all in the last 15 years. So it's kind of like I think he could I think he could stick it out another five or six years. And McDaniels isn't old, so he could. I mean, realistically, he could come in and be a head coach in New England if it works out. For I don't think he's gonna. Wa- I don't think he's, he can or will wait five years though. As you say, what's the longest amount of time anyone's been a, a coordinator for the same team? Can't be more than like six or seven years. Yeah, I mean, uh, the defensive coordinator on the Steelers, that really old guy, he was there forever. Oh yeah, like uh, twenty or thirty years. Uh, what was his name? Um. I can't remember. If I heard it, I'd know it. There's there's a lot of coordinators that won't make good head coaches. Todd but, Bowles, one of them. Todd Bowles had like he doesn't have the personality. He doesn't have the. You can be great as a coordinator and not good as an off. I mean, I'm sure Peterson's a good offensive coordinator. Just not. I'd be open to him being an, an offensive coordinator on the Jets. Like I hate to say that, but like he's done good as a coordinator. He's just an all flawed coach, in my opinion. Like you, you got to be able to lead. You got to be able to lead to be a head coach. Yeah, and not throw games. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm sure by the time we record next week, we'll have some answers to some of these questions, and we will have um, we'll have some vacancies filled. But in the meantime, let's wrap this up. Let's go through uh, NFL divisional round this weekend. Uh, we had a great wild card weekend. Um, this past week, we've got some matchups on Saturday and Sunday, two each. Let's start Rams at Packers Sunday, uh, Saturday at 435. Line is six and a half in favor of the Packers. And the total is 45 and a half. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, you know who I'm going with. <laughs> who am I kidding? Yeah, you gotta. You know why I'm here. Yeah, yeah you know, we know, you know why I'm, I'm here, here for. Um, no, I mean, you know, Rodgers has been special this year. MB, he's going to be the MVP. Um, I know, I know this defense is great. Uh, Jalen Ramsey has played against Aaron Rodgers once in his career. It was his first career game and he was a stud in it. 
He allowed, I think, three catches for like 34 yards or something like that. Um, but he only, I believe he only guarded Devonte Adams on like five routes or something like that. Um, so while it's different, it, you know, it, it, it could be different. I mean, you can't deny that Ramsey was a shutdown corner against Rodgers and Rodgers didn't have a fantastic day. I think he had like 200 something yards passing and two touchdowns and no interceptions, like a good game for sure, but not a Aaron Rodgers explosion game, uh, that like he's been having all year this year. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the playoffs at Lambeau. It's an L.A. team and Jared Goff going into um, probably the coldest place in the NFL. There will be fans there. And Jared Goff has been awful in the cold. Absolutely awful. I was looking at the numbers the other day. They're like, it, it's shocking how bad he's been in the cold. Um, and, you know, there's it's not going to be there's. Could be snow, but it's going to be, I think, low 20s at game time um, is the forecast now. So yeah. I, I'm taking I'm taking the, the Packers just because I don't think the Rams are going to score much. I think 14, 17 points at most. I, uh, I'm going with the uh, – what is the line at right now? Seven. Yeah. Seven, it's yeah. Even, at, it's at, even at, money on the Packers at seven. At seven, I'm taking the Rams plus seven. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of a lot of Cam Akers. This kid's special. This kid might be a top five or six running back next year. Um, really special guy. Set like a rookie record last year for scrimmage uh, – last week for scrimmage yards. Goff's been bad, but he's got two really good receivers. Um, obviously, you have Jari Alexander. He'll take away one, but – Whichever's not, I think you're going to be focusing in on whoever's not on. Jari isn't on, so Cup or Woods. Um, then I think, I think, I mean, Devontae Adams, good luck against against Jalen Ramsey because no one really can work Jalen Ramsey consistently other than a couple plays here and there. I'll take I'll take Jalen Ramsey in, in that matchup, actually. Um, just like when a cornerback is a cornerback is so dominant, whether it's Revis in his prime, Gilmore, Ramsey is at that level right now. Um, we've seen him do it with DK consistently, and not that Adams is much better than DK. Um, I'm not saying Adams will do nothing, but I think he's going to significantly affect the game. Donald is supposed to play. Um, you got Brockers. You got you got a really. You got a really good defense there. I think they're going to have trouble moving the ball. I think a low-scoring game. I think like a twenty to fourteen win for the Packers. Um, I have the Packers winning, but I think I think the Rams cover. So, go quick point going back to my golf thing. I I found the numbers. He's played he's played two career games in below freezing temperatures. In those two games combined, he has a forty-seven percent completion percentage. Combined 381 yards passing, no touchdowns, and five interceptions. It's really bad, but it is two games. It is two games, and forecast is for 19 degrees at in Green Bay this All right, this I, and I don't expect them to put up many points. I don't, but I don't think the Packers will either. Yeah, that's fair. I think they uh, – I think it's a 9 or 10-point win. All right. Yeah, I'm taking the Rams um, as well. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, they were able to beat the Seahawks outright on the road last week. Um, I know, obviously, a little bit different playing in Seattle than playing in the snow in Green Bay. Uh, and, Dave, those numbers definitely aren't good. Uh, but like Sully said, it's only two games. Um, I think they're going to rely heavily on the run. Uh, the Packers run D not good at all. Um, they've really struggled with that this year. Akers has been playing really well. Uh, I think he's going to be a big tool for them. Uh, so I'm going to take the Rams and I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Packers will win, but, uh, 45 and a half is low, um, for any game the Packers play in. So I'm going to take the over in that. I like the, I like the over in that one for sure. Um, the next game up is Saturday night at 8.15. Probably going to be, if not the best, one of the best matchups this weekend outside of the Saints and Bucks. Uh, Baltimore at Buffalo, going to be another cold game. Um, not sure if there'll be snow on the ground, but it is going to be a cold game. Um, line right now is 2.5 in favor of Buffalo, so virtually a pick em. Um Total is 50. 
I like the Bills here. I think the Bills win this game for sure. Um, I think it's their year. We were talking about this before the episode. Uh, I think the Bills are going to possibly win the Super Bowl this year, honestly. They're, they didn't have a good game last week, um, but they did get the job done. I think they'll cover uh, the two and a half here. I think they'll win this game probably by a touchdown. I think they're going to shock the Ravens a little bit. Um, their defense hasn't been playing great, uh, so I expect a lot of points as well. So I'm taking the Bills and over 50. Yeah, I like I like the Bills too. I think we may see Josh Allen throw the ball 45 times. Um, they lost Zach Moss. I think they're going to really just like the Steelers. I think they're not going to run the ball. I think they're just they're, they're going to be using short passes to Beasley and Singletary as a supplement for their run game. Um, and I think we're just going to see tons of Beasley, Singletary, Diggs, maybe even John Brown gets it. It's going to be all passing, and then Josh Allen with his legs. Um, Baltimore has a really good defense. But the level Josh Allen's playing at, it's a Mahomes-like level from the past few years. And if you're the Ravens, what you want to do is you want to run the ball. You want to run it efficiently. You want Lamar to make plays, and you want to limit how many times Lamar is throwing the ball. Um, you really want to eat up clock and make sure you have, um, you know, Allen on the sidelines. I mean, the blueprint blueprint is what the Colts did: long drives, running the ball, and the Colts did everything right. Their coach just didn't make good decisions with kick going forward and kicking field goals, and so. Uh, I'll take the Bills. I think the Bill, the Bills are going to win by four points or so. I'll say minus two and a half is a good bet. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Uh, it, it, under a field goal, I'll take it. I mean, that's essentially – under a field goal to me is almost like a pick em, you know? Uh, yeah. So many games it's, – it's so rare the game is decided by one or two points. Not that it never happens, you know, but, you know, it's somewhat common in terms of the grand scheme of things, but – Three is under anything under three is it's always kind of viewed as like a pick them to me. Um, and, you know, like you said, there's no one playing better than Josh Allen right now. Uh, and that defense is no joke either. So I think we need to give them their credit as well um, for taking care of the other side of the ball because uh, they're going to need it against Lamar. Um, but they have athletic linebackers that can that can play spy on him. And we'll see uh, how much they're running. The Ravens running game can do outside that. But. If it's under three, I'm 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 going with the Bills. Love it. Uh, the next one we have up Sunday at three oh five, the Browns who absolutely trounced the Steelers on Sunday night uh, just went out there, went up twenty eight nothing, and then just never really looked back. It got close within what eleven points a couple of times, but never never really was in doubt. Um, they are ten point underdogs on the road in Kansas City. Totals 57. That's a really, really high number. One of the highest numbers we've seen all year for a total. I think that might actually be the highest number we've seen all year for a total. I don't think we've seen. I'm taking over on that. I don't think we've seen higher than that. Uh, Browns can't cover. The Browns secondary. I mean, you saw Big Ben after, you know, he threw tons of picks. He was eating them alive because those corners are They're second and third and fourth string corners. Mahomes is going to eat. If you're the Browns, you want to have nice, long, seven-minute drives, touchdowns. And Chiefs' defense is okay. They're all right. But you give me Hunt. You give me uh, Chubb. You got these receivers like Higgins playing well. Landry, Juice Landry, I'm not a fan of him, but he's eating. He's Yeah, he's doing been playing great really catch. well. Um, I, like, I like the Browns. Going to buy it to 10.5 and, and the over. Um, I think we're going to see like that Browns uh, – Browns Ravens game. I think that's going to be like this type of game back and forth. High scoring. I see like a, like a 37, 33 game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm with you there. Um, I, I I was kind of going back and forth on this mentally just, you know, cause the chiefs are the chiefs. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if the, you know, Vegas was kind of playing off the hype of the Browns, um, expecting people to be on them just cause of what they did to the Steelers last week. Um, but when I see that high total, it, it, you know, cause the worry is that Cleveland's not going to be able to score with Kansas city. Um, especially with their, their questionable secondary, um, Cleveland's that is, uh, so, but when you see that high total, it, you know, it, that it, it makes me want to go take the points. I'm getting double digit points. 
I'm taking them. And, you know, like Sully said, it wouldn't be a bad idea to grab that extra half a point, um, even if it costs you five or 10 percent on the on the winnings. Um, but, yeah, I'll take the Browns in the double digits. Yeah, I'm all over. And the over. I'm all over the over, obviously, and the uh, the Browns. Neither of these teams are really um, good against the spread. The Chiefs are uh, six nine and one against the spread, and the Browns are six and ten on the year. So neither team um, covers more spreads than they don't here, which you never like. The to Browns see. is the Browns. The Browns is the Browns, and I think a lot of people <laughs> are uh, disrespecting the Browns again. Um, I think, uh, they're going to go out there with something to prove and they might not win, but they definitely keep it close. Um, yeah. also the money on this is pretty even at this point. Um, Browns are getting 54% of the bets and 54% of the money. So nothing really outlandish here. Not a, not too lopsided. So, um, yeah, I got, I got to go with the Browns on this. Yeah. And let's quick, let's give some credit. We had this question a few weeks ago. Who would get their first playoff win, Lamar or Baker? Well, technically speaking, Lamar got it first, but obviously Baker got they it on both, his first opportunity. Yeah, but Baker got it on his first opportunity. They both got their win on the same day. Big wins for both franchises, and their Lamar played great, ran all over the Titans. Lamar finally proving the naysayers wrong uh, that he can win it, win a game. We'll see what he does this week, and then Baker. Baker was great. Baker, you know, he played exactly within himself, making the right checks, making the right reads, didn't try to be a superstar, 250 yards, efficient, three touchdowns. Um, The Browns is the Browns. You saw him running out after he did that. I mean, he played great. They both deserve to win. Um, I'm I'm pretty high on both these quarterbacks going forward. Um, I'm rooting for both of them, honestly. Um, Baker seems a lot more humble now. And um, him and Stefanski, it's the perfect match right now. They really are a great match. So I'm pulling for the Browns to beat the Chiefs. Yeah, I am too. I would love to see the Browns-Bills in the AFC Championship game. Um, But the last game we have for the weekend, kind of an early game, uh, 640 on Sunday. So these two games will be back-to-back, which is nice. We won't have a big gap between um, like this Mm -hmm. past week. But... We got the Bucks going down to NOLA to play the Saints. Third time they're playing this season. The Saints 2-0 against the Bucks this year. Line, three points. Wouldn't expect anything else. Uh, the Saints, uh, three-point favorites at home. The total's 52. I am all over the Bucks in this. I, uh, I, think, I, I, I don't think he can beat Brady three times in a season. I don't care if he's 43. I don't care if he's been up and down this year. I just don't think you can beat this guy three times in a season. Um, The first week, obviously there was no preseason. There was no real training camp. They basically had no time to get the team together. It was a bunch of new players playing together for the first time. We'll throw that one out. The second time they played halfway through the season, the saints rolled them. The saints killed them that game. I just don't think there's a way that happens again. I think the bucks win this outright, forget the spread, take a money line. I mean, it's certainly it, it, that that wisdom certainly holds merit. Um, but Brady this year uh, against top ten defenses, which the Saints are currently ranked number two, uh, he's one and four straight up and zero oh and five against the spread. It's tough. He's aver- <laughs> averaging averaging twenty points a game. Turnover differential is minus four. Um, those are alarming numbers to me. But I. I, I it, you know, it does. It, it's tough to imagine Brady getting beat three times, but at the same time, those two losses were shellackings. It's not like they lost yeah. on, uh, you know, seven points or on a field goal. It was over in the first quarter in both of those games. Um, so I, I'm going to, while I have reservation, I'm, I'm going with the Saints as well. Or I'm going with the Saints here going against you, Tommy, um, just based on that. you know, we've, uh, we've always seen Brady struggle when he gets pressured, um, and against top defenses sometimes. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take the emotion out of this and just look at the numbers and that's what the numbers are saying to me. So I, I'm going to go with the saints minus three. Sullivan. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go with the saints as well. They've beat, They've beat 
that ass twice already with the Bucks. Um, I think that defense is really um, going to be able to pressure Brady, and um, you know, and I think he's going to struggle. Um, will he put up points? Yeah, got um, Godwin. AB is really getting a groove, but one of those guys is going to be taken away by Lattimore. Lattimore is elite. Whether it's Godwin, whether it's AB, who knows? I mean, I know they have Evans too. Evans isn't a hundred percent though. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of Kamara, more Kamara this week. I think a lot in the screen game. Um, you know, they obviously this kid Harris really played well, the receiver for them. Sanders, MT. They hadn't had Sanders for those two games. So, um, I, you know, I could see the Bucks certainly winning here. I, I can. This is probably one of my least confident picks of the week. Saints are my Super Bowl uh, pick to go with the Bills. So there may be some bias on my end. But um, they've done it two times in convincing fashion. Sean Payton's a great coach. Drew Brees is like another way to look at this is Sean Payton versus Bruce Arians. Like I feel like Sean Payton has the edge there. Arians just I think he's very overrated as a head coach. I I, I think he's he's too cocky. He's a little too does goes for the home run. Um, I don't I don't know. I don't I think Payton might get the best of him. It should be a great game, though. I wouldn't surprise me at all if the Bucks win. Yeah, I'm in the same spot. Yeah, it'll definitely be definitely be a good game. Probably be the best game of the weekend. Um, either that or the Ravens. And honestly, all these games will be good. I don't know what I'm talking about. All these matchups are great. Couldn't ask for a better divisional weekend. Um, but on that note, that is going to do it for this episode of the Bleacher Panther Pod. Uh, in the meantime. Go follow us on social at Bleacher Fan, at Bleacher Banter. Uh, check out the new Bleacher Bets podcast as well, dropping weekly. Uh, we will have our, our full uh, NFL divisional round betting episode out this week. Um, and go follow that on social. Go to BleacherFan.com and check out the store. Uh, buy yourself some Bleacher Fan merch. Super good quality, super comfortable. We love it. You'll love it. And we will be back next week.